Inside the Podcast. My name is Eric Starr. we got Mo Deckhill here, and we're going to talk some NBA and Sun stuff. It's been a while since I've had my podcast, so I'm super excited to do this. How are you doing, Mo? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me, Eric. No problem. This is going to be super fun. So we'll uh, get into some Sun stuff probably later, but I wanted to just kind of uh, get back into the NBA season here, NBA playoffs and all the stuff that's going on. What did you think about that Milwaukee-Toronto series? I think you had Toronto the whole way, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I I was actually wrong. I had Toronto in seven. So, you know, those those pesky Raptors screwed it up for me. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, the here's the thing. I And, and, and I want to be up front. Like, the Bucks had a great season. It's not like I think the Bucks are terrible or anything like that. It's just I, I am concerned about teams that really only play one way. And and we kind of saw that with the Bucks, and we've seen it with the other teams. We've we've seen it with Houston. We've seen it with, um, uh, you know, Boston kind of really only plays one way to a degree. Like we've seen teams struggle with that in the playoffs because in the playoffs, teams take away what you want to do more often than not. I mean, they try to. They may not always have the ability to do it. But, you know, as soon as things, the game started to slow down and it started to play more in the half court, you know, the Raptors had them. I, I don't know what the final numbers are, but I got to imagine the points per possession for the Bucks half court offense had to have been below eight or 0.8, if I just had to guess, just because they really couldn't get anything in the half court. And if they weren't out and running, it was a struggle. And so much pressure was put on Giannis to always have to create everything. Like, that's where they kind of needed a second ball handler, second creator. And, you know, I know some people will point to Bledsoe and some people will point to Brogdon. Those guys are good, but they're not good enough to be your second guy. And Middleton doesn't do that. You know, I know people will say, oh, Middleton as well, like this or that. Listen, I'm not a Middleton hater. I like him, but he's, you know, his best case scenario is third option on a championship team. Um, and we saw him struggle with, with trying to create, and he struggled this whole series really to a degree, you know, having opportunities to flare up, um, but he struggled on the offensive end. So I'm not surprised by it. Um, you know, I felt like with Toronto, they kind of had the ability of we're going to play everything through Kawhi. And then if, when that's not working, you know, the, we're going to have a set our second offense and go through and, and, and move the ball and pass and, and, and cut and things like that. And let's also be honest too. You know, I got a little lucky Fred, Fred Van Vliet shooting 82% from three, the last three games. It, it was something I wasn't expecting, <laughs> you know, but that's playoffs. You know, you need that kind of timely luck. It's um, you can point to every playoff series and you can always point to like unsung heroes and guys that kind of, just stepped up at the right moment. You know, I mean, hell, Robert Ory made a career of that, uh, you, you know, and, 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 and you need that sometimes, you know? Um, so that's kind of, uh, I think what happened, you, you know, the Bucks had a phenomenal season. We saw what happened with, with, you know, the fact that we all knew Giannis needed a shot. Nobody really wanted to say it cause he was just so dominant, but uh, you know, just being able to get to the rim, but, much like Ben Simmons too, like Giannis needs a shot and he shot it and he, he, he took some shots, but you know, it's, it's being able to take that shot and being a, a threat so that the defense actually has to be worried about that shot are two different things. And that's something Giannis is going to have to work on. And, um, you know, you know, it as a player development guy yourself, like that's not coming overnight. You know, people might think like, okay, he's going to have this next season. 
you know, that stuff takes a long time to work. And, and, and he's putting in the work, and I have no doubt he's going to put in more work. Doesn't necessarily mean it comes to fruition next season. You know, it takes time. So this is this is part of the way development works in general, and this is this is part of the growth. The good news for the Bucks, he's like what twenty four, like he's twelve. But um, it, it, you know, I mean, they got a bright future with him. Um, so you know, they got a big. The problem on the, the other side of it is they have a huge off season. Like half that team's free agents, and 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 I don't know how how that team's going to look next year. Absolutely. I think one thing that's interesting to notice is is kind of see this as different players around the league and the difference between playoffs and regular season. Uh, while obviously they do play the good teams throughout the regular season, Giannis's ability and the, the three-point shooting they have and stuff is like devastating to anybody at a certain level and below of a team. And you can catch even the good teams well. I mean, I don't know, it's weird to say, but the Suns were the only team to beat the Bucks twice in this in the year which is just hilarious stat in just general but uh um so like so Giannis and them can do that for the whole year they can destroy everybody because and that's why they get i think they get, what, they get 60 wins uh and so that's part of it but then when they, the playoffs is a whole nother beast because one like you said they take the other team it, Popovich has done this forever takes away what you do best and so when you get up to the playoffs People can take that away. They can hone in. They can really – I mean, in the playoffs, you're having to make a bet. You're like, I want you – I will live with blank, and I will try to take away this other thing. Now, you can even lean into that harder because the stakes are so high, and you can't really test anything. You're like, I have one bet. I'm pushing it all in, all the chips in, to make sure that you can't shoot. I mean, it helped also that uh, the Miritich couldn't really make anything, so that helped them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's, you, you have to count on your role players. And, but it's interesting too. Like, besides the fourth quarter yesterday and game one of, of the, uh, the first, the, the, the first game of the series. Sorry, I'm stuttering now. Uh, Brooke Lopez disappeared in between, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Bledsoe was terrible finishing at the rim. Um, yeah. You know, well, he's usually really good at it, but you know, the thing is too, like, the, the thing about, I had him with the Clippers, you know, the, the thing about Bledsoe is that, like, my concern for him is that, you know, when things get sped up and things like that, he can get sped up and, and makes things a lot more difficult. And there were times where you saw he kind of even lost confidence at the, at the rim. There were times where he thought he might have had a layup and he would just dribble it out and not even take a shot. So I think this is a level of like, look, they're, their supporting cast stepped up and the Bucks, you know, faltered. And, you know, that was why, and, and what scared me about it was, you know, they just, I just, I wasn't confident enough in Middleton. Um, I just wasn't confident enough in Lopez. And you touched on it too. Just the massive difference between regular season and playoff basketball. It, like, I mean, it's, 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 everybody says it and it's kind of a cliche. And, and I guess people are beginning to pick up on it now, but I've been saying it for years only because I experienced it as a video guy. It's, it's night and day. It's a whole different sport. Being able to sit down, we're going to scheme. We're only going to think about this team. Think, think about it this way. You play mid, middle of the season, you play one team, boom. The next game, you're already thinking about the, the other team and you're not, you're not scheming specifically just for taking out you know, this guy, you know, you might change one or two things, but you're not tweaking too much, man. In the playoffs, teams completely 
rechange their defense, change their offenses, you know, to take it, take advantages of opportunities they see. You know, the Bucks did it. You know, they, I, I even wrote an article, game one against Boston. Before that game, I, I had said, like, hey, the mid-range shot, if they're going to play, if the Bucks are going to stay and drop, you know, the mid-range shot's going to be there for the Celtics, and they have to hit that. You know, and they and they did to their credit in game one. They hit. They, I think they had like thirty something mid range points because that shot was just open. Well, the Bucks adjusted. They went to switching all of a sudden, which is something they hadn't done all year, and they they destroyed the Celtics after that. Like the Celtics just couldn't handle it offensively. So, um, you know, that's that's something that just happens in the playoffs, and I don't think people get enough or have enough understanding of that. And I think that's something that you know that. That just happened. Like, you know, the, 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 the Bucks just didn't have anything else they can go to. They had played one way all year and people were suggesting this and do that and do this. It's hard when you haven't done that all year. It's hard when you're asking guys like you're asking Chris Middleton to be the ball handler in the pick and roll with Giannis, but that's something he's not accustomed to. You know, that's something he might need to work on this summer and hopefully can be better at. But that's not something he's done all year. And just putting guys in those positions, it's difficult, you know, and you, you shouldn't be shocked when that they don't succeed. Yeah, that, which is why the Warriors are so good, because they can play literally any way you want to, and they will win. Um, so also, I think that one thing that contributed also to the, to the Raptors being able to win was that they had, to me, from my sense, more battle-tested players. Like, they had, both teams had veterans, I guess, but the other t- one had the trap Raptors had more battle tested, more veteran who went farther in the playoffs more often than the Bucks did. I mean, Lowry and Kawhi and Marcus all and Ibaka, like they've been in some big games for over their careers and high profile I mean, players. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi's a finals MVP. Danny green, who didn't even shoot well is a, a champion with the Spurs also with Kawhi at that time. You know, uh Lowry's been in big games and he struggled a lot. You know, it was fun, man. On a side note, it was fun watching him, man, how excited he was, you know, to, to be going to the finals. Like you, you got to feel good for him. Uh, just in that sense, same for Marcus all who, listen, man, I, w- I had many battles with him when I was with the Clippers. There probably wasn't a player I hated more and respected at the same time. Uh, but I'm happy he's getting his opportunity. You know, it's just, it's, it, it was a thing. Like when you looked at the Bucks roster, they've gone very far with little playoff experience. You know, they've had a couple of game sevens and in, in the first round of the past two years, but you know, beyond that, they haven't had a lot of guys that have been to the conference finals. I, I, I don't remember if George Hill has made a conference finals. I don't think he did with the clip or with the Spurs. Oh, oh gosh, that's right. He did make it to the final. No, uh, but I mean, he was, I mean, he's there. You got to give him credit, but he, he, well, he made it with the Cavs. He probably had some experience with the Spurs, some at Indiana. Um, but like, you know, the thing is, you know, Brooke Lopez didn't have a lot of experience. Bledsoe hadn't had a lot of experience. Um, he, he, beyond, beyond the second round. So, you know, it's, it can't be understated that that stuff matters. It's very rare. We see te- a team with as little experience as them get as far as they did. I mean, Nuggets had problems with experience as well, yep. um, which is why I think the Blazers won that one. And that's, and we'll touch on experience and veteran, uh, stuff with the Suns later. But first I wanted to talk in a more general sense about, um, the league in general. This offseason is going to be bonkers. It is going to be crazy. How do you think some of these, uh, seasons have affected where players are going to move? Kawhi, Durant, Kyrie, et cetera. It's, um, 
I mean, to be honest, it's it, bonkers. Probably doesn't even is even the right word. I mean, this thing. I feel like the whole league is going to change overnight in July. Um, you, you, you know, or they moved it up to June thirtieth. Like, I think we're going to have to be ready for you know, just kind of like, oh, this happened. Oh my god, this. Oh, it's going to be an overload. Uh, Best two days ever. Yeah, you know, like I'm pretty sure my laptop's going to explode because I'm just going to be hitting refresh like over and over again, like refresh, refresh, refresh. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, there's there's still whispers of of Kawhi might even leave. Um, you, you know, even as far as they've gotten, which you know is a good opportunity for the Clippers. There's there's so much going on with we don't know where, what the situation is going to be with AD. You know, is New Orleans even going to trade him? I know. Um, David Green. The fact that they got the number one pick is crazy. You know what? And they earned it, man. I, listen, they, I mean, they, they had a, 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 the dice was, was a tough role for them this season. I mean, a real difficult situation. And, and I love Alvin. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I worked with him one year with the Clippers. And let me just tell you, there's not a nicer human being out there than, uh, than Coach Gentry. So, um, you know, like I think they earned it. I, I love David Griffin. He's, he's, been phenomenal. He's been a great guy. Like I could even lean on over the past year with, with, with questions for advice and things like that. Um, you know, so like it's, I'm happy for them, but that's a whole other thing. You know, um, the, the rumors of KD might be going to New York, maybe even the Clippers. Uh, you know, the, uh, the whole, just a number of free agents, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, um, uh, Clay. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different possibilities, right? He's not really going to leave the Warriors, is he? I, I don't think so. But you know what's funny is like I was, this is going to be a bit weird, and this is where I kind of go off track, Eric, so I apologize. <laughs> but, like, I was watching an episode of uh, Rick and Morty last night, and, that, you know, there's so many ultimate timelines. I was like, I kind of want to see the other timelines, <laughs> if that were a true thing, and see what happens if this guy goes there instead of there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just going to be fun, and it's going to be interesting. And, and to be honest, it's like – I. I sometimes get frustrated with how much we focus on free agency, but it's going to make the league so much more interesting next year uh, if we have kind of like a reshuffle. Absolutely. I mean, there's the Suns fans know these crazy ultimate timelines. What if LaMarcus Aldridge actually lands here, even though he's not like my favorite player, but he would have really helped. And what if uh, they don't call a goaltending in 2013 you know, against the Trailblazers in like the third game of the season, and then with 49 wins, they actually make the playoffs and all the dice that goes from there. There's a bunch of different different ones uh, that for terms of alternate timelines. What if they don't trade Dragic and Isaiah Thomas in the same day? I think it was. Yeah, there's craziness there. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff going on. And then Kyrie, like the Boston is going to be crazy different potentially. Like they could end up with nobody or everybody. Brooklyn is in the next I mean, year. Yeah, we got this whole Brooklyn thing, you know, that, hey, they, they, they like the idea of pairing Kyrie and D'Angelo Russell. The Suns would gladly take Spencer Dinwiddie off their hands. <laughs> I bet you would. Yeah, transition more. Or did you just end it to say first? Well, I was just going to touch on Boston real quick, too. Sorry. Um, just, you know, like, that's a real interesting situation, right? Like, are you going to build with these young guys and, and lose Kyrie, or are you going to get you're going to trade these young guys and, and, and try to get AD and build with that core. Like it's just, there's just so many different things that could happen this off season. It's, it's going to be fun, man. Does Al Horford stay there? Does he leave? I'll bet he stays. If he opts out, like, I just feel like he's, this, this is the kind of area where I think he's comfortable. I, I bet he stays. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it'd be like, 
New York could have nothing again next year. It's very possible. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I mean to be honest, I hope they get something just because I think it's fun when the the Knicks are good. I hope the Lakers get somebody. It's fun when they're good. Like I want the league to be at its best, and 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 I want you know it's fun when those teams are are good and in the playoffs and things like that. Suns fans know that the people you don't the two the only two teams that you don't really want to do really well is the Spurs and the Lakers. Oh man, but <laughs> yes, been a tough run for you guys. Gosh, so mad. The most the most mad I'm probably at is the one where Kobe airballs the ball and and uh, Ron Artest out pushes Jason Richardson for the tip in. Oh my gosh, that was a yeah. <laughs> although the uh, Dragic destroying the Spurs in I think 2010 was a great week. I would say that. Anyway, to transition to uh, kind of how it goes, um, the Suns have done some crazy stuff. What do you – I, I want to touch – well, I guess it'll, it'll be a good introductory, introductory thing. What, you mentioned uh, Middleton and being like the third best player on a championship team. Where do you think Booker lands on that one, two, third best player on a championship team in terms of what he can be? He's only 22. Right. It's, it, so here's the thing, and it's – I know people get upset when it comes to evaluating Booker. It's like he's like a polarizing figure one way or the other, right? Um, you know what I mean? It's like a lightning rod, and people use it in terms of basketball, like how smart you are. It, it, it's hard to really kind of evaluate him just in the sense of, like, he's on, what, his third coach already? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no continuity. The roster has not been very good for the few years, so it's like, you know, he had to score a ton just because who else was going to shoot on that team? Like, who, like what are you going to Yeah, you know, and, and, and you have to give him credit. You know, he scores a ton, you know, almost average 27 points, almost average seven assists, you know, and, and, and things like that. You know, was was a bit high on the turnovers this season, but it's, it's a hard situation to evaluate because you just don't know, you know, like the thing is when we, when we kind of parallel it with Middleton, like I was able to watch Middleton in a very good situation for the past couple of years, not just this year, you know? And so it's, it's easier to evaluate. And, and maybe this is why I'm never going to be a GM because I'm not able to forecast that much. Like I just want to see him in a good situation and then I can <laughs> kind of figure it out, you know. Would he adjust if he's in a situation where he doesn't need to score as much, um, you know, but needs to be more of a facilitator and playmaker at times? You know, can he adjust and can he thrive in that? You know, can he be that guy who, you know, does that? Or is this him? Like, he's got to score a lot. You know, he's got to shoot a lot. You know, he's he's average. You know, this this is his uh, – he's average 20 – Almost 20 field goals attempts, 19.6. I like to round up. Sorry, people. Um, you know, and, and, and he's had to average, I mean, he's been that around that number the past three years. So it's a uh, difficult situation to really kind of evaluate. You know, I would, at the, at, at the best case, you know, I'd say, or I'm sorry, you know, I think he's a number two, but he could be a number one. It's just you got to see who he fits with. You know, like part of me was disappointed because I would have liked to have seen the Suns draft uh, uh, Luka Doncic, because I think it would have been fun to see two playmakers and, and somebody else kind of taking that pressure off of him and, and, and seeing how that works for him. Um, 
in that regard. I think that would have been a, a pairing I would have liked to have seen that I think would have been good for both guys. Uh, but you know, the, the other side of it too is, man, he's got to get better defensively. I know he, you know, he, he, he made improvements this year a little bit defensively, but he's still not good. And it's, and sometimes, and, and to be honest, sometimes it's an effort thing and it's, it, it can't be that. If you're not going to be good because you don't have the skills or you don't have the IQ, that's fine. But it can't be an effort thing. And there are times where it just seems like an effort thing. And, and, and that might be also just he's frustrated in the situation. So he may not give it his all. It's just, it's just such a freaking hard thing to evaluate with him. Absolutely. I mean, I think he's, I think he has the potential again to be like the best player, the second best player on a championship team. I, I also was very much, I don't know if I just had some podcasts there. Luka Doncic, I was all the way on him until they got the 18. I'm like, okay, Aiden's fine. Good stuff there. And also, the Suns have not had a center as good as Aiton since I've been alive, pretty much. Right. So I'm kind of excited about that. I mean, they're getting way more better rebounding. So I'm pretty excited about this next year, though, because I'm, I'm like, I wasn't happy that they dropped three spots after all that season, but um, <laughs> right. it kind of makes them do what I want them to do. They better trade this pick. They better not pick in the first round this year. They better not. But like, who do, who do you want for that pick? Drew like, Holiday, so much, <laughs> so much. I yeah, I don't. I mean, again, it's it's interesting because I'm not sure what New Orleans, New Orleans is going to do if they're going to if they're going to look to make that move or not. You know, so I don't know if uh, um, it's going to be a challenge. Like at that point, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, What's available, you know, the, the Pelicans go other ways, but Drew Holiday would be a great fit with him. You know, that'd be something I'd like to see. That's a great call. So here's trying to, trying to dream a bit. I want to get your take on it. So trying to dream. Say you trade, we've been number six and Warren and whatever else, maybe even Tyler Johnson because of the contract to get Drew Holiday. And then you re-sign Ubre and Holmes and Bridges and Aiton aren't, aren't rookies anymore. Like there, and you add like say Derek Favors or Miritich or something. Like you got something there. Yeah. So so here's here's my question to you. And before before I weigh in on that trade, what's your goal for next season? You you got to get over thirty five wins. You just have to win as much as you can. Like okay, you need veterans and you need to win. Because like the 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 you know like the idea of like you. If you're going to give veterans, I feel like you're going to try to make a, a playoff push. I hope. So. I mean, I would. That would be crazy because they already have. Like, the, there were people who keep saying, "Hey, let's draft number six. Let's get Culver." I'm like, you already have like three people or four people developed. You don't need more people to develop. It's not even. You have your core. You can add later to it. You you still get draft picks later when this core is developing. But you know, like, but but Eric, like here, let me let me push back a little bit though. Absolutely. Look at the look at the teams that made the playoffs this year. Who, how many of them are dropping out next year? Do you think? Uh, the Spurs maybe tenuous. I don't know how good. I mean, I obviously get Jonte Murray back, but like. Okay, so 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 maybe so let's just assume the Spurs drop out. Okay, the the Kings just barely missed the playoff. Dallas is going to be better with. Uh, uh, presumably, right? These are all just assumptions, right? Uh, uh, I'm not saying that Suns will even make the playoffs. I just think they have to show improvement. Yeah, but my 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 point too is, and 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 this is what I'm trying to say though, is in, in terms of that, like, you know, like tr- trading for Drew Holiday, you know, makes you a much better team. But at what cost? Instead of just building up a young asset pool. To the point, so like when there is an opportunity to really strike in the Western Conference, 
you know, like you're gonna you're gonna trade Drew Hall, you're gonna trade for Drew Holiday, who's in his prime of his career, and you know, like 35 wins, maybe get 40 wins, you know, and that's going to be great. And you're going to be loving life as a Suns fan, right? You're going to be happy. You're going to love the team, but you, you might just miss the playoffs and, and, and stuff like that. And then you're kind of on that treadmill of mediocrity. I know I stole that from somebody and I wish I could remember. Yeah. All that time. I think that actually is what they need to do. I don't think that's a treadmill of mediocrity because Aiden Booker and Bridges are so young still. I think that the you need to have the veteran because right so they didn't have a point guard basically since Dragic or Bledsoe I guess really um, and even then Bledsoe wasn't like a, as much of a traditional point guard as you want you don't you can't evaluate almost any of these players unless you put some talent around them to teach them how to the culture all that stuff it's it's growing there and the culture with Monty Williams and James Jones being the GM now and things starting to like solidify Jamal Crawford being a huge help in that area I think that with Booker and them all so young and still growing, putting the other players around them so that they can focus on like developing instead of like carrying the team is super crucial. Right. And, 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 it, you know, and I, I, like it's good to have veteran leadership, but at a certain point too, like it's tough. Like you, they brought in Trevor Ariza, who's not probably the best option to have brought in um, with, you know, they spent 15 million on him this year or, you know, to sign him. The, but the idea of like, hey, we're going to bring in veterans, you know, sometimes it can backfire if they're not happy in that situation. You know? Ubre, though, my goodness, I'm happy about that. Ubre is going to be fantastic. I'm still not sure what Ubre is. Yeah, what do you what do you think he is, or what it could be? I mean, I think he could be really good, but I just don't know. Like, it's it's and, and this is stuff like I was confused about him in Washington too. You know, um, I I think he has some talent, but it, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be more than just a really good rotational guy. Yeah. I think that that's what the Suns needed or good rotational guys though. <laughs> he he yeah. made them, I mean, they went on to win in one week. They beat the Bucks, the Warriors and like and the Knicks and uh, someone else like within like four days. And it was like, great. <laughs> well, let's, let's be honest. The Suns need a lot of things. <laughs> they need a lot of things for sure. <laughs> so what do you think of uh, Bridges, Mikhail Bridges? I like him. Like I listen, I liked him in the coming into the draft. I think he has a, He's the kind of guy that you, I think you want to build with and, and, and work with. I think he's kind of that future three and D kind of guy. I, you tell me, you know, how much can he put it on the floor? You know, like from what you've seen, like, is he a guy that can develop that and, and, and put, put it on the floor more and create maybe a little bit out of that? Or am I asking too much? You know, he showed flashes of it at the second half of the year and he's basically going to hit his quote unquote ceiling of what we thought when he got drafted next year. And then it's like, okay, he's, I mean, he's, he's an older, uh, rookie or whatever, but, so, but like, but if he's gonna be hit a ceiling before he hits his prime, which is just kind of unheard of. So, we'll see what he can, we'll, he has to get a new ceiling and see what he can do. I think he can do some of those things. I wouldn't say he's like a primary, secondary, uh, creator, but I think he can do the things that you need to do. Like, he can be Equidala. See, yeah, like, that's my question. Is he Iguodala or is he like a better Danny Green, which are, which is also a good thing? Um, you, you think he's Iguodala. So he can kind of catch I mean, too much offensive prowess there. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone already voted him in the player poll as the best, one of the best lockdown defenders as a rookie, which like then never happens. Yeah. I also get very worried about the player poll. <laughs> oh, of course. I, but the fact that he's even mentioned is like, it's a great, and when, it, I, when I saw him steal the ball from Curry and Durant in the same game, right off them, without even just passing lanes and locking down people, and all he gets, he 
I think he is the high was it the highest steal to turnover ratio other than Kawhi in NBA history as for rookies, something like that. Yeah, I mean he's 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 going to be interesting. Like he'll be he'll be a guy that has to continue his growth and and we'll see where he's at. He had a good year as a rookie. Um and yeah, I mean man, it's just it's 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 a good it's a good piece to have. I thought it was a smart trade when they made it. Um would have loved to have kept that Miami pick. Um, obviously, I mean, I know they got kind of killed for that a little bit, but um I still thought it was a good trade in terms of hey, let's just get let's get our guy. Um and and sometimes that's what it costs. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see the development continue with him. And I think this is something you, you touched on it a little bit, but it's so important. Man, they need to get the continuity down. I love that they went and got Monty Williams. You know, I, we don't know how good James Jones is, right? Like we, we never know. Um, but I love that they went and got Monty Williams. He, he did a great job with the defense of the New Orleans Pelicans when he was the coach there. I think it's one of those things, man. Like it's, you got to give him time. You can't rush this, you, you know, and, 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 and let him sort of develop these guys. And, and hopefully these guys are going to be open to, to kind of that defensive mentality a little bit and dig in a little harder on the defensive end, but let, let them create that culture and, and, and let's see what, what, what can develop because you know what? I'll say this. They got a good coach. You know, and, 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 you know, and this isn't a shot at Igor. I just don't think they gave Igor any time to really develop. Like one year is not enough. Um, point guard, which is like based system, his system is based on a good point guard. Yeah. And, and you don't even have a point guard. Yeah. Like that's, that's the joke, right? So I think this is, this is, it's important really to see how this team, you know, how patient is Sarver going to be? If he's going to be patient, They'll have, they'll, they have a chance to really kind of put this thing together and, and kind of create a culture. Cause you know what? Man, Phoenix is too fun of, was too fun of an organization for too long for us not to have fun again. Yeah. I mean, Sarver looks like he's been being patient. He called Sarver for the, I mean, uh, called Colangelo for the first time who used to own the team. And, uh, they're, they're trying to put stuff in place. I think Monty got a five year contract, which has been a while since that's happened. I don't think he's going to cut. <laughs> Uh, yeah. fire after a couple of years in a five year contract and but stop putting goats in people's offices, man. Man, yeah, that was <laughs> oh my gosh, that story was so revolting. It was also so long ago. Why that story came out and I was like, that was like five years ago. Like that doesn't, it's not even relevant anymore for the for the the reason the story was. I barely even read it, but I was just like annoyed. But yeah, definitely that was whatever. I was I probably the highest McDonough person in general just because of what he had to deal with and the asset covered was bare and then he made it not bare and what he did with it, but he definitely had his mistakes. But anyway, um, I guess briefly just talk about Josh Jackson and Bender and like, what can they salvage? I'll be honest. I think Bender's done. Like done in the league. Like he's going to overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just don't think, listen, he had, I was excited about him coming in and this is kind of the situation it's a a situational thing too it's not saying like oh god this guy's terrible sometimes dudes get drafted into bad situations and if we're honest the Suns were a bad situation when they got drafted yeah when he did yeah you know and 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 just never was there was never an opportunity to really develop and figure that out and I think those are the kinds of things you know we never talk about it when guys get drafted you know like the situation they're, they're they're walking into um, and, and especially from a development standpoint, you know, uh, um, uh, Donovan Mitchell is not Donovan Mitchell if he gets drafted from by another team. And it's not a shot on Donovan Mitchell. It's just 
this was the situation in Utah, and, and these things kind of changed. So they had all veterans. They literally had like all veterans except for him, and it was exactly what he needed to have around him. Same thing I always say is not really about development, but Isaiah Thomas in Boston. I was like, he will never be this good again. <laughs> He's exactly yeah. the people around him that he needs. It's situational a lot of the times, you know. Kawhi, who as great as he was, probably isn't. He he still would find a way to be good and 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 maybe even great, but he may not be this. You know, if he's not in San Antonio. Yeah, if he's in Indiana that whole time, that, that trade was something else. Yeah, you know, and it's, so these things are all situational, and I just think Bender ended up in a bad situation, never really showed improvement, you know, despite being in a bad situation. Confidence was his problem. Yeah, and, and, and look, man, I watched him in Summer League last year, and I was just like, man, this kid just, it's, it's done. It's, it's over for him, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's just, it's just not going to work for him here. You know, and, and man, he needs more confidence, and he's he showed some flashes, and I'm hoping more. But you mentioned summer league and got me excited. I think I I love how summer league has this thing where one or two players show that they're way too good for summer league. Like I cannot wait for Aiton to be that person this year. Oh my goodness, he's gonna destroy him. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's the thing. So it's just a man. It, it's it's just a bad situation and 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 kind of similar with Josh Jack excuse me Josh Jackson like I just haven't seen a lot of improvement I mean he's had flashes but I just haven't felt like any of it's been consistent he did improve his jump shot can you guess um what his three-point percentage was the last month of the season oh gosh uh you're because you're asking I'm guessing it was like in the high 30s low 40s yeah, it was 40%, and he improved every single month. So I just I saw a cut from the development standpoint. His hitch has kind of gone, and he uh, from the first half to the second half, he improved his decision-making uh, tremendously. So I see potential, but, I mean, we thought he was going to be a lockdown defender. He's going to be fine, but he's not going to be amazing, I don't think. And he's better at playmaker than I thought coming out, but he's the third, fourth, fifth guy on a team for sure at the most. Yeah, and, and so, you know, and, and, and he still might have the opportunity to kind of become that defender you're thinking, but, you know, but he's shown you flashes, and that's what you want to see in your rookie, uh, and second year guys and third year guys. That's just something we hadn't seen with Bender. Uh, like, I can't, I can't even think of a flash where I felt like, oh, okay, well, maybe there's something that, like, I just haven't seen it. I, I, defensive I spaced against anybody, he can, he does pretty good, and he's pretty good at verticality, but, um, it's the, and he has those three point shooting games where, oh, you made three, oh, you missed the last for the last month. So maybe not. Not consistent enough in, in, in that regard. So it's, it's a hard, uh, it's, I mean, I, I feel bad for the kid. Um, uh, you know, and I, I don't like coming in there and, 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 and saying like, yo, he's done. Um, I, that's just my personal opinion, but like, I feel bad for him. I just don't think he's, he's got it. Um, and, and part of it is, you know, that's on, that falls on the Suns organization to a degree. Yeah. What do you think of Aiton? We haven't really talked too much about him. Yeah. So like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of gotten like, he's the forgotten rookie for the number one pick. Uh, you, you know, um, he had a good year. It's not like he had a bad year. Like the way people talked about him, you, you, you would be, I would, you know, I'd, I'd watch some Suns game. I'll be honest. I didn't watch like a ton. Um, but like the way people would talk about it, they'd be like, Oh, he's terrible. Then I'd go watch again. I'm like, Oh no, he's got some stuff. You know, he's shown a lot of, uh, um, the, he, he, he has shown a lot of uh, insight and a lot of uh, uh, like ability to rebound's been big. Ability to score, 16 to 10. It's crazy. It's, it's it's big for a rookie, you know. And so 
you know, his, his he, he was better defensively than I thought, but I think he can be even better. And, you know, I, I, there were times at summer league where I was like, man, this dude doesn't have a clue defensively last year. Um, but he, he, he showed me more in the regular season. So that was definitely a positive. I think there's, there's ability to grow. And, and although I thought they should have taken Doncic, listen, Aiton's going to be fine, dude. Like, you know, even if he's not like a superstar, even if he averages 16 and 10 his entire career, that's freaking great. Yeah. From a center position, like you'll take that. Um, here's like, so I have, a, so I think he has really amazing footwork. He's some of the best hands I've ever seen in a big man. Um, from what I've seen, um, and so, and he has a, some of a jump shot, but it's not like, well, just, yeah, he'll be fine. Um, but so I have a big kind of hot take I've been telling people. I'm curious what you think about. You may freak out, but we'll see. Um, I think that he can be eventually by the time it, when you see both of these players peaks done, I think he can be better than Embiid as an j- overall player. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I think you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, Eric, like, there's a, 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 a level of force in which Embiid plays with that I feel like is not something that, that Aiton has. I, I feel like on the defensive level, the defensive side too, I feel like they're, you know, I've seen Embiid make plays where he recovers to guards and, and, and will make the play at the rim. You know, I don't know if Aiton has that. And I mean, I've seen him, and it's not like I've seen him do it once. I've seen him do it several times through the to the season like Embiid's a guy that in 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 my opinion if he stays healthy if he can figure out the conditioning um and and and, and make certain tweaks to his game I think he's going to be a, a a top five player in MVP voting for a long time maybe even winning an MVP um and maybe I'm too high on Embiid but I am high on him like I think he has a chance to really be something unbelievable and and it's it's just like we haven't seen a post player dominate the way he has in a while. And he, he really does a good job of making his presence felt on the court. Whereas I don't feel like we see that with Aiton as much. And, and, and granted, he's just a rookie, but I, I think that's a, that's a very high bar. Oh, it definitely is. And the reason I say it's more about fluid, I think Aiton's just such more of a fluid athlete. Um, in the sense that I feel like, uh, I mean, I was watching the, the Philly series against, uh, I think Toronto. Um, and, uh, like, Embiid just kind of stumbling around a lot. I think you saw him travel just because he couldn't get his feet together. And I'm like, you've been in the league for, like, years. Like, I just don't know how that happens. But, but he is big, I mean, but he's barely bigger than Aiton. I just, Aiton just flies around, it seems. I mean, Aiton, uh, Aiton did a full court, took it up all the way down the court himself and dunked it. And I was like, I don't know if Embiid can really do that unless, like, nobody chases him. But, I mean, it's just so. It's just a. It's of course, it's a hot take in the sense that I don't do hot takes much, but that's the one I got going on right now. Well, so it's, it, listen, man. If you're gonna have one, man, shoot high. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, shoot high. And if you're right, you get to come back and say, man, I said it on a podcast with some idiot that thought Embiid was better. <laughs> you know, Embiid's very good. I, I, no one's thinking that that's not there. I think uh, Aiton really have to, will have to. His defensive prowess very quite much far higher, and probably have to hit a a better three point percentage than Embiid to to make that a real case. But and I don't want this to be like I think Aiton is bad. It's just I just think Embiid's on another level. And and to be honest, I think Embiid has to shoot better from three as well. Um, he has to shoot less and be more efficient uh, from three. But I think you know I think that might be something that comes down the line for him. Um, 
But I, again, it's not, again, it's, this has nothing to do with what I think of Aiton as a player. I think Aiton's going to be a good NBA player. Um, and, and in that regard, I think you're right too that Aiton does have to have the more force that he had. He showed it in flashes, but I think he has to be so much more consistent in showing force. I think he's starting to come around in that area in the later games in the season when uh, they had the right players around him that made the right rotations and helped get him not confidence because he has confidence. But let me ask you, I got I got a question for you, Eric. Mm-hmm. And and this is again maybe because I haven't watched enough, but how is he as a screener? Does he actually make contact, or is he like? Excuse me. Oh, is he trying to slip right away, or is he just like he's he's there, but he's not really trying to make contact with the guy? I think he's a screener. I think like like Bender's not. He wants to slip it. Um, I think I think Aiden's a pretty good screener, if I if I can recall. But it's been a, it's been a month or two since we've seen him. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's fine. He he wants to do those things. He wants to do the th- yeah. He wants to do the things. He doesn't he doesn't shy away from contact. I don't think that's what I'm. Yep. He's dunking it all the time and going through people. All right. Well, I mean, that's 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 that stuff I, I I watch for really kind of especially from a big guy like what kind of screener is he like because that's the thing too we see with Embiid, you know he springs JJ a lot for for pin downs which ends up being open opening him up you know for things he does a pretty good job as a ball screener. Um, I'd like him to roll more than he pops, but that's a whole different story. Um, but that's that's the stuff too like. That's the smaller things that I want to see from my big man in terms of improvement. So that's something I keep an eye on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good insight. I'm going to, I'm going to look out for that next year. Um, I can't think of anything else. There's so many things we could talk about. I just, uh, actually, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm good here. You have any uh, other final thoughts on the NBA or the Suns? Um, well, I'll give you two. For the Suns, I think, you know, I just want to see stability. You know, like for what I want to see next year, it doesn't even have to be wins and losses. Okay. I want to see stability and direction in which this team is going. That's all I really wish for the Suns right now. Uh, you, you know, I don't want them. It's, it's been a long time. This has kind of been my complaint about McDonough, uh, when, when he was running the team. It felt like every year there was a new plan, you know, and I just didn't feel like there was like, have a plan, feel, be confident in your plan and go with it. And if you have to make alterations, you have to make alterations, but don't just completely change your plan all the time, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I felt like happened for so long with the Suns. And it led to them just being so directionalist. Uh, you know, um, like I just felt like they were lost. Like, you know, it'd be just one of those things where I would just look at them. What are you guys doing? You know, making a play for, for, for uh Trevor Ariza was weird to me. I didn't think that was a smart move for them. Um you know you, you know I thought there was just things where I just, just things didn't make sense. Um even all the way back to the we're going to sign Tyson Chandler cuz we think that's going to help us get LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, yo, you spent a lot of money on Tyson Chandler for 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 something that you hoped would happen and and didn't. Like that's that just a, if you're going to sign Tyson Chandler to that money, it better be because you believe Tyson Chandler as a player is going to is going to help you. I think as a mentor too. I think I mean he was the veteran at the time him and Dudley, but uh yeah, I think it wasn't just the LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah. But but it was like but I mean a ton of money to tie into a guy to be your 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 mentor is 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 hard for me. Um uh, it's hard for me to swallow. Um I think you can find to push back on that though. Where where else were they gonna spend the money? It was not like free agents were coming and Booker's extension didn't hit in yet. 
Yeah, but you could find other pieces. Like, you know, I, I, I'll be, I, having to go back and having to try to remember who was available that offseason is, uh, is, uh, I'm old, man. I ain't gonna remember that far. Um, yeah, you, you know, but like, you, you, you'll find guys. You, you, you can, you know what? Find young guys and just take chances on these guys on, you know, one and one deals or, or whatnot and, and, and see if you can find a diamond in the rough. Um, you, or it could be Ubre. They definitely took a chance with that. Let's see what what Ubre becomes. Um, but when you're in the situation they were in, like I think I felt like they should have tried to do more of that. Um, and and so I just I just want to see. I think they're on a good start with the off season. You know they have stability with James Jones in the front office, and we'll we'll have to give him a few years to kind of really evaluate him. Um, and, and, and they got a good coach in Monty Williams, who I trust is going to put a good staff together and start building that, that, that culture that needs to be built there and start heading that direction. So that's what I'm looking for with the Suns. And real quickly, just on the NBA, man, this is a great time to be a fan of the NBA. There's so much talent, you know, in this league. I mean, we just had a great, first off, the, 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 the stuff we had in the first round was a lot of fun. You know, the Clippers Warriors series was a lot of fun. The, the Blazers Portland series was a ton of fun. Um, you, you, you know, the San Antonio Spurs Denver series was a ton of fun. Like there was just a lot of fun in that. We had a phenomenal second round. Game I, seven, I, so many game sevens. I mean, you know, we had so, so much fun with that. And, and, and to be honest, listen, got to give it up to the Bucks, man. Still a great six game series that we had, uh, we had just now with, with, in the conference finals, thanks to them and, and, and the Raptors in the finals is going to be fun, but there's just so much young talent. And, and I know there was a concern that, man, LeBron's not going to make the playoffs. Like we're going to have issues. You know, the NBA is really going to miss him. And, and it's not a shot at LeBron, but it's just great to see we have all of this talent in this league. And, 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 and the honest truth is they're all so freaking young, you know, that like we're going to be able, you know, like I just feel good about where the league is going in terms of, man, this is going to be fun to watch for the next 10, 15 years. You know, like there was a time Jordan retired and, 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 and we, we didn't know what the league was going to be for a little bit, you know, and then there's been concerns of that stuff. But like, I just feel like, man, we're, we're in such a good place now where it's funny. Guys like Kevin Durant are kind of old. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You know, we have so, and we have such young talent coming in. It's, it's amazing, man. So I, I, I you, you kind of said it. I, I don't know if it was before we started recording, but like, man, the NBA is just so much fun right now. I, 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 I absolutely love it. And, and you, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just something that we all got to enjoy, dude. So, uh, that, that, that's kind of my last thought on the NBA. Exactly. It's the best sport in the world and the best league in the world. And you can't really convince me otherwise. I still love the NFL a little bit, but man, the NBA is the greatest. Well, why don't you uh, plug what you got going on and then we'll get out of here. Oh gosh, there's a lot. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I still do some freelance stuff with the Washington Post. I, I every now and then post on my website, the jumpball.net. Uh, either a podcast or an article. Um, the, uh, uh, I, am often on the, uh, the Athletics Nerder She Wrote podcast. Uh, I'm a contributor there, so I'm, I'm on when they, uh, when they, they decide to slum it a little bit. Um, and, and you know what? To be honest, just follow me on Twitter, Mo Dakiel underscore NBA. That's D-A-K-H-I-L 
underscore NBA. And, and you'll always find my stuff there. And I do whatever. When I get bored, I do a video thread. Uh, yeah, you want to see those video threads. Those things are good. Uh, you guys awesome. will follow that. Cause that's good. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, man. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, that's kind of just where you can find me. Yeah, definitely go follow Mo. It's great stuff. Uh, follow me at, on Twitter at Eric underscore star, E-R-I-C underscore S-A-A-R. And please, please, please subscribe and like and share the podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Solar Insights, S-O-L-A-R-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S. Rate and review people. Rate and review it for him. Rate and review his podcast. It helps. It's kind of crazy how many people say they do it and then don't do it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for your time, Mo. Have a great day, everybody, and uh, go watch some basketball. Thank you for having me, Eric. I appreciate you both. <laughs>